0: So, ladies and gentlemen, this is News of the World, your special program to dive into the atmosphere of news, which is a very strange gas once you set your brain on it. And the only people who can actually survive for at least 90 minutes in this gas is Bicycle Mark over there in Amsterdam. Hello. Hello.
1: Mark, ah, ah. Uh, Can my you Skype breathe? is completely, completely delayed. Is it? Oh, oh my God! Yeah. I feel like I'm in space. Yes. Hello, Tim. Greetings <laughs> from space. <laughs> yeah. Greetings from space, known as Amsterdam. Yeah,
0: you're in the news gas. You know, you're in this strange <laughs> atmosphere where everything is delayed somehow. Mostly <sharp> brains, mm, um, brains, brains are delayed, and yeah. sometimes also... the news is delayed if it's not blocked. At all, or at no. least changed. Or I, I have
1: to uh, partially blame. I partially blame the Olympics because uh, once you, once you get into that world, you never get out. It's uh, it's almost twenty-four hours of. I've been watching curling, and I've I've been studying it. I even play it on my on my iPhone. I play curling. I practice curling. Really? I, yes. Oh my God. And, and uh, because, you know, thanks to the internets, we can just watch it with like no comment, similar to the, uh, that, that news segment on, uh, on Euronews. Yeah. I just watch these different events with no commentators. Hours pass. I don't even notice because I'm just watching the um,
0: Without sound, or is there actually a stream with no commentators?
1: With sound, uh, the Dutch national broadcaster, and actually I think this is what the Olympic Committee makes a lot of money on, and they offer um, they offer like uh, almost every event, pretty much every event is televised streaming from their services, and uh, your local public television or, or commercial television in the U.S. can um, offer it to people via either their channel, of course, with commentary that they just slap on top, or as the Dutch guys do, they just leave it on the internet, uh, and you can choose which event to watch, and only they only choose one to put commentary. So m- f- the Dutch don't care for curling, so you can constantly watch curling with no commentary. And the beautiful part is the curlers have microphones, so they're constantly talking. Uh, there's not much to do besides sweep and talk, so they're constantly just saying, "Oh, what do you think of that?" "I don't know. We gotta. Uh, we're gonna have to split this." "Oh, really? Uh. They
0: they have microphones?" "Yeah." Oh, that's it's pretty interesting. Good. Actually, yeah. you got me at curling. In general, <laughs> uh, Olympic Games I found very boring. In general, both winter games and, and summer games, probably with the single exception of curling. But I haven't watched any this time. I haven't I haven't seen a single sporting event of the Olympic Games uh, yet.
1: I uh, I don't in- think,
0: including the opening. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, well, the opening was you know, a big circus with lots of dancing, and yeah. it's more of a performance, but massive, bad Broadway show. But um, I will confess this, and maybe this will get people into watching. I am sort of in love with the Russian national women's uh, curling team. You, you kind of have to see them. Uh, yes, of course, they're beautiful, but they're also good. And they're ki- I like when they yell at each other, and it's all very, I don't know, they've got me. Judge me. Go ahead. The people. Russian
0: national calling team.
1: Female. Yes. Female. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: I can't tell you anything about the males. I'm sure they're good. In males, I I, I like the Canadian national team because I like how they talk. I like their Canadian accents. Oh, what's it like? Oh, we're gonna have to split that one, eh? Oh, yeah. That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, we could get it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, do
0: you like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> that's 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 a good way i mean maybe that's just the way how we should comment the news as well that's
1: ideally yeah, yeah you wouldn't have these two clowns talking to you i mean
0: in, in a way news of the world is like curling the news like, <laughs> oh yeah have you seen this lying around oh yeah shall we put this in i don't know maybe we'll we just should kick <laughs> it in in the last minute <laughs> sweep sweep <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. curling the news
1: that's right. That's good. I like that. <coughs> yeah. All right, let's
0: curl some news. Yeah, cur- curling is somehow like the chess of, of winter games, isn't it?
1: That's true. Yeah. And it's quite popular. Like the fans, uh, if I can say one more thing about curling, the fans are loud and they, they, I even s- I've seen like the Norwegian team and the, Den- the Danish team looking annoyed because the Russian fans are making so much noise. I think it's usually the Russian fans. And they have all kinds of tools for making noise and they, they get rowdy. It's gotten, uh, I think they've reached the young people.
0: Yeah, but that's really one of the problems with these Olympic Games. There are only Russians there.
1: That's mostly true. I mean, they always find the little crowd.
0: And the the Russians only support the Russian team. Uh, Let me see. Which wasn't the case at other uh, Olympic Games. So it's all about the Russians, Russia, 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 Russia. Nobody cares
1: about the rest. The thing I have to wonder about is who can afford to go. I mean not even Russians can afford to go no, to Sochi, especially so. <laughs> not
0: those who live there. No. It's just yeah. too uh, expensive.
1: Yeah, and most yeah. of uh, I think
0: half of the seats are uh, empty anyway and those who are taken are split half and half by visitors from somewhere which are probably mostly from Russia and mm. the, the rest is just uh, wearing <laughs> no, no, it's actually The uh, organizing team, so they all have this bright blue jacket on, you can tell that they are somehow, you know, so they are spreading tickets to the team because otherwise they would just show empty seats everywhere because (laughs) they have problems transporting people up the mountains, for instance. You know, they do not have enough... Capacity to Tim, uh, bring people up keep and so things on.
1: things natural.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they've taken care of a lot of this. Preserve
1: nature by not having. Yeah,
0: yes. I well, you know, you can tell me otherwise, but I, I think this whole Olympic Games thingy in general is mostly a catastrophe, and Sochi is probably the worst we had for a long time.
1: I would agree with you in everything leading up to the games, but if you've been watching the games, they're actually I think they're quite a success. I mean, it, we're still in the middle, so I, I would agree with you that a lot of everything leading up to this has been pretty. It's been you know uh, plagued with at least controversy, or, or but now it's um, it's it's all going. It's going quite smoothly. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, you know people are there. Uh, Uh, yeah okay question no it's 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 uh look compared to what compared to a vancouver which was the last one it's just another winter games (laughs) just you know some new technology a slightly different setting although it all looks the same in the end hills snow uh so in the end this will be looked at as successful games because it it happened. it just went uh Uh, yeah but we'll see because we're still in the middle of it we still have a what a week or two left um Ice hockey is today. Russia, USA. How can you not want to see that? Even Putin is going to be there.
0: <laughs> okay, just send me a link where I can watch curling without commentary and I'm fine.
1: You got it. Although it depends on your country, so I'll, I'll check the uh, German broadcasters.
0: <laughs> so let's curl some news.
1: Yeah, all right. So now that you've gotten your dosage of Olympics, let's get to real-life events. Uh, I want to start in Venezuela. I saw... I saw this story backwards, actually. I first saw that there was a report that the Venezuelan government was shutting down a cable channel, uh, specifically, what was it, NTN24, N T N which is actually Colombian-owned, uh, and the reason they were shutting them down, the reason that the government was giving, was for their coverage of the protests somehow violating some rules that exist because there were these, and here's the real story, these massive protests this week. Um, 10,000 people, or some of the estimates are saying 10,000 uh, protesters. Some people say they're mostly students. There has been a student movement in uh, even outside of Caracas in western states, uh, Tachira is one, Merida is another one, where students have been out in force and they're protesting one, lack of security, so there's been a, a high rate of murders, of, of violence on the streets, yeah. and the other is poor economy, and that's one you'll hear in, in many parts of the world, but especially in Venezuela. Uh, so
0: and it's been going on for longer than a week, I think it's uh, three weeks in total now.
1: Yeah, and, and actually protesting the government has been happening for years. And now, without Chavez, it's you know still justified. We still have a Maduro in power. And there are a lot of people who do not, uh, do not like this style of government that they have. And they just don't like what's been happening in the country. Especially if you talk about economics, jobs, costs of living, and so forth. Uh, so, strangely enough, during these protests, someone opened fire. Uh, it's not known who. They just said gunmen on motorcycles, and two people were killed this week. Um, and part of what the people were on the streets demanding was the release of protesters from previous protests who have been detained by by the police. So this is sort of a snowball, you know, chicken or egg situation. One protest leads to another protest, and then bad things happen. Uh, but in the background, this uh, one more channel has been shut down. It's not the first channel to ever be shut down in Venezuela, but it's just one on a... What is a growing list of um media that gets closed? You can still follow NTN twenty four via their web uh presence. Another common theme. I think last week we, we spoke about a Russian channel that yeah, was shut down. Same story. And you could you could still follow them online. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, I linked an article from the, um, what is it called, the CPJ, which is always writing about uh, journalistic freedom and oppression. And they cover just the closing of the cable channel. But the protests you can see in actually any major uh, news channel. I, I saw it in the BBC uh, this morning.
0: That's interesting to see that the traditional uh, TV channels still have this importance, you know, and that nobody really cares so much. Uh, about internet sources in the first place, this might change, might mm. will change in the in the future, and with um, you know new censorship technology, uh, I think it's uh, even easier to shut somebody down on the internet, especially if it comes to streaming services, which need yeah. some kind of technical you know big infrastructure. Um, so. Yeah.
1: I think that yeah this is one of those old traditions i mean even the people in power probably of a generation that still look at tv with such importance and such fear in some cases Mm -hmm. uh but they're probably forgetting that a lot of people especially students are not doing it the way they do do not see it the way they do so shutting down of a tv station may not may not shock a venezuelan at all especially a student Uh, doesn't slow them down at all either you know they can still get their information but apparently this was a channel that was especially good at covering protests. So, uh, Next up on my list is actually a Korean story. And this is one of those things you, you hear about it on page 10 every year or so. But I thought it deserved a little recognition. Uh, it was announced a week ago that the Koreas were going to hold uh, high-level talks. They were described as rare. First ones in in several years, five years I've read. Um, well, the talks happened this week, actually. Uh, they met in Panmunjom, the uh, border town, a uh, very famous name. I think Billy Joel used to sing about it. But, um, and one of the things on the agenda was, of course, and you've heard this over the years, the reunion of families that were separated by the Korean War, uh, which is actually something that's been going on slowly for many years, but they're starting another round of family reunions between North and South. And the other thing that they attempted to talk about, and this is North Korea asking for this, is the cancellation of these military exercises between South Korea and the United States, uh, which is actually scheduled for happening at the same time as when these family reunions are going to happen. Um, What I've read is that actually they could not agree on this. Of course, South Korea did not uh, decide to stop the military exercises. And North Korea probably didn't like it, but they're still going ahead with the family reunions. Uh, but this is again, we never know with North Korea. We've said, you know, when, when the uh, Jung un came to power maybe they'd be different, but it's still really hard to tell because they still say crazy things. Although we do have uh, Dennis Rodman, who goes over regularly now to North Korea, does things and says, hey, the guy, the leader is cool, don't worry. Um, this is in some ways a, a good sign, although it doesn't promise anything. It just shows that uh, North Korea is still moving forward to some extent with uh relations with the south yeah
0: I mean as this long as they don't threaten North Korea is really a black box, and um i don't know have have we reported about the um scandal on the top where they executed uh, one or more um senior executives, including his uncle. His of, uncle. Uh, King um, no. This was... No, a, I think we haven't. Why, why didn't no. we?
1: Uh, I didn't bring it because I've heard it on so many news channels and a lot of it sounds like rumor. And uh, I mean, sometimes that's all we have, as you said, black box. Yeah. But anyway, I, I think it's
0: clear that there's a lot of things going on in terms of power struggle at the top. And nobody knew how... This new young guy could actually survive within this government and if he has any kind of chance of continuing this reign of of his family and right now it looks as if i don't know if he's doing fine, but <laughs> he's still there you know, and he's yeah. it looks more and more as if if he's actually holding the strings or at least most of the strings that you know determine the fate. Of North Korea. And it's this usual mix of, you know, waving your weapons and showing how strong you are, although this didn't really turn out that fine too, Um, you know, with failed rockets and rocket launches and, and so forth. And then closing down this uh, business district that they are running together with South Korea at the border. Mm-hmm. Just to reopen them later on, you know, it's like always this, oh, look what we yeah. could do. Uh, yeah. And then... Yeah now that we showed it uh we return to you know usual yeah. operation. So it's always this yeah you know just see how strong we could be. You know me yeah. maybe are not that strong but we could and you never know and now let's talk because we have got big problems. I don't know if the if if there's That's some kind do. of understanding um Of their own situation, of they're just satisfied having the elite fed up and uh, the rest they don't care about. I don't know. Because Uh, long term, I don't really think this North Korean model can survive that long.
1: But uh, didn't people say that 20 years ago? I mean, it's... uh, Yeah, what you say makes sense. Maybe, but isolation is
0: becoming more and more complicated in these days.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. By the way, I, I said earlier that I thought it was a lot of rumor... Uh, I, I stand corrected. It was actually announced by the North Korean government. They did ex- execute his uncle. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, what they did. <coughs> uh, Jang Song.
0: Question question is what what is behind it? I mean, there's of, caused a lot of rumor. What the real reason was? You know, yeah. Did they he say, just disagree?
1: <laughs> he was a gambler. He was a womanizer. So he gets accused of a lot of <laughs> moral crimes.
0: Yeah, that's probably uh, bullshit. I found it really funny how they were actually editing all the photography, historical photography included. You know, they were editing out this guy from all those official pictures with, you know, all those <laughs> Kims and Ungs and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The great
1: Photoshop department.
0: It is. That's, that, I wouldn't say they're particularly good in it, but they love it. <laughs> <you know? laughs> they're dedicated to it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay, it's something you can study at university <coughs> in North Korea. Photoshopping. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's where you right. can
0: really make a career in design.
1: Yeah, I plan on redoing our history again, Mom. Great. Uh, so this one came out of Italy, and I've only begun to read about this young Matteo Renzi. But let's set the stage. He's the mayor of Florence, and he's significant because the prime minister Enrico Letta was removed. Uh, By his own party, actually. And this, according to the press, sets the stage for this fast-rising 39-year-old Matteo Renzi. One media that I enjoy, the Global Post, has compared him to JFK because he's good-looking and uh, very of the people. Uh, They say on his Facebook profile, you'll see him always with a photo uh, of a bike, him on a bike. And this is, of course, in Italy, I guess, very alternative, very different very down-to-earth. And he's going to be the new prime minister. It has not yet been officially uh, announced, but uh, it's going to happen. And many people say this is a sort of a rising star who's going to lead Italy, eventually become uh, uh, perhaps president or something like that. But for now, he'll be prime minister, and he's considered a break with the old, this long-running tradition that they're still suffering from, of old games, old parties, uh, many say he could fail and he won't get support and he still has to deal with uh, Berlusconi to some extent and uh, Beppe Grillo on the other side who's now a political force. But uh, I don't know. I've heard this before from Italy, people who they think uh, will be the new inspiring center-left leader <laughs> who's going to rise them up out of the crap. Yeah, the we, last... we we
0: last time we heard that was Letta, you know, the one uh, kicking now.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so every now and then a mayor comes It only comes from the mayor level in Italy. Uh, I guess that's how you can get you know somewhere at a young age and be an outsider. Uh, so once again they're telling us you know this could be the guy. And uh, look, uh, I don't know. As a person who's not a fan of Berlusconi and what's been happening, uh, I like to hope he could be. But uh you
0: provided a link to a, a report on Global Post where they compare him to, or where at least they report and some other people might have compared him to Tony Blair and John F. Kennedy. I don't know if this means if he's either going to war or if he's going to be shot. Um. Exactly.
1: <laughs> he's, no, no, he's just good on the mic. He <laughs> you know, yeah. looks
0: good, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's good for the he's, media.
1: He's, yeah. So keep an eye out for that guy. He's going places. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, age... Sorry, Florence. I mean,
0: age does play a role. And when right. you're 39... Thirty-nine is really nothing for prime minister. I mean, too young. How, you mean? I mean, I'm not saying he's too young. I'm just saying compared to the average age, which I can't, you know, name what this number is, but I would assume <laughs> that it's probably more in the late forties, fifties, maybe yeah. even higher. Uh, I would say mid fifties. Hmm. That's a kind of age. You usually have to reach before you are grown up enough to you know take up on the big guys and you know and that said it might be that he's just too young in terms of that he is not capable of struggling with the old forces and you know there's probably no country in Europe where you are facing such a strong opposition from other groups apart from the government you know like mafia and other structures you know it's not italy is known for not actually be ruled by the government, like more (laughs) you know other forces that that play a significant role and you know i don't know if he's got a chance to change anything or if he's even into the business of changing or just keen on you know be the next prime minister who makes it for six months
1: from what i read he's he's definitely different but yeah the question is does he have the respect i mean what's what does age bring you to some extent it brings you respect uh and and, i guess wisdom so you need what respect of the public okay but you can probably earn that it brings you just
0: the time to have your connections and know many people you know because right. if people don't know you, you know, once you make a mistake, you're gone.
1: Mm. Although, in, yeah, okay, right. So then we see Berlusconi, everybody knows him, even if he makes a mistake, he always comes back. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways, that's, yeah, that proves your, your theory. Uh, I don't know, I'll be watching and uh, we should be hearing this week that Matteo Renzi is, will be the new Prime Minister of Italy. Now, here's one uh, from Brazil that I have not heard about, and uh, we mentioned the Global Post. They dedicated a whole series to it. They sent people uh, to northeast Brazil, uh, which uh, they consider suffering from one of the worst natural disasters that isn't being reported about in the world. It's a drought, um, and I got to reading about it. I mean, in economic terms, it's the fourth worst drought or natural disaster, actually, to hit the planet in the last year. So, you know, it's, it's uh, de- certainly deserving of some attention. Really? Um, it's cost $9 billion, uh, in terms of financial losses. For, and
0: for what? For by For who? the country. Okay.
1: Yeah. And so we're talking about like um, livestock being just, you know, dying mm-hmm. from, from lack of water and also all the products that would have come out of there in terms of crops and, and <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, crop-related business. Um, So I've been watching the videos and reading the reports. I mean, it's a a major uh, drought. And in the old days, actually, people would have been dying. But in this case, interestingly, people are suffering, but they're not dying. This is partially because the Brazilian government knows that this can happen. It has happened in the past, but it's never been this bad. They say this is the worst in 70 years. But the, the Brazilian government has these programs for um needy families not just in in drought areas but all over the country uh to keep you fed uh so it's kind of like food stamps or or whatever you want to call it they call it bolsa familia Um, so they receive food and water deliveries in this region but of course it's not enough to actually do farming which they usually do it's uh, just enough to survive so people are surviving but they're in the in the whole scale of Farming and producing they 're not producing anything, um, and you know the, they qualify these reports by comparing to everything that's so fo- in the international press that is so focused on the cities on the Olympics. Um, problems and and the good things happening. And meanwhile, the countryside, in this case the Northeast, is suffering from this drought, and there's not a lot of reporting going on about it. Matter of fact, I discovered that there's actually a water shortage going on in southeastern Brazil as well, again, because of dry weather. So this is all adding up to bad things for Brazil, um, including economic problems, which a lot of people say is going to hurt the government in any upcoming polls. It's hurting the, um, uh, what do you call it, the way people view the government. The approval rating is going down of Dilma. And it has a lot to do with economics. But again, this economics is related to production, related to places in the in the country that are being hit hard, in this case, by weather. So it's an interesting series. I recommend it. And there's a video that I'm linking as well. Um, which is uh, pretty beautiful in its in its depressingness of uh, depicting what's happening there.
0: And this drought <clears throat> is going on for two years now. Yeah, it's really super extreme, and especially north. I mean, north Brazil—that's you know close to the Amazon. That's that should not really be an area where there's no water.
1: No, and they have huge hydroelectric projects. Uh, the government does. Oh. And we've we've reported about some of them, but um, the people that are being affected here are the smaller farmers. You know, if if you're a mass farmer, you know, commercial farmer, you could even have the money to either bring in water during a drought or drill deeper than anyone else could afford. You know, there are ways like that. That's something they cover in the Global Post. But the vast amount of people are not those kind of farmers. They're some people call them sustenance farmers. They're small scale, and they're the ones who are really hit hard. And yeah, as you said, for two years now,
0: that's really hardcore.
1: Yeah, so it's crazy because you know all the all the spotlight is on what's happening in São Paulo, what's happening in Rio, what's happening with the stadiums and the people and the
0: yeah. yeah I mean, this just shows that it's very problematic for uh, uh, a media that is so focused on things happening that it's very problematic um, or almost impossible to report on something that's not happening. (laughs) Because that's what it basically is. It's like, yo, it did not rain again. Yeah, are you not talking about this for a year now? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's why we're talking about it. Oh, boring. Right. And so it doesn't happen. But Global Post is an exception in that respect. And... um, We have chosen Global Post to be one of the news sources before, and in that sense, we can only renew this.
1: Yeah, and I'm impressed that they could, if I understand it correctly, they sent more than one, uh, I think it was a small team of reporters, to Brazil, they seem to be Brazilian speaking because in the video they, I can hear the accents um, Portuguese speaking. But um, I'm impressed. You know, it tells me that Global Post is able to raise the funds not only to pay reporters, I know that, who are out in these countries, but that they could even send reporters. That is to me a good sign. Uh, it tells me that you know they they can be proactive with reporting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Here's one I've been wanting to talk about, um, even though it's early, but the Campaign, the election campaign has started in India. And uh, I, I did a lot of studying of Indian politics as a, a younger man. I'm not a younger man anymore. But uh, I'm always a fan of Indian politics. It's interesting. It's sometimes very annoying, like any other politics in this world. And you've got a big campaign for an election uh, coming up May 31st. And, you know, lots of things are already happening. I wanted to lay out the groundwork for who versus who. Now, of course, there's more than two parties, but in India, there are two major parties, and that's the BJP, the more conservative or Indian nationalist, if you will. And then there's the Congress Party, which is the more famous party where we've had people like Indira Gandhi. We now have Sonia Gandhi, who's the president of that party. All
0: those Gandhis.
1: All the Gandhis and the Nehru's, which is a dynasty in many ways. Mm-hmm. And we've got a Gandhi coming back. It's been a while since we've had a Gandhi willing to run. <laughs> oh, we've got a new uh, Gandhi. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, we love when we get a new Gandhi. I like when we get a new Gandhi. And maybe it's, it's not very democratic because it's one family constantly being elected. But hey, uh, So Rahul Gandhi is up for election um, and he's facing uh, Modi uh, Narendra Narendra. Modi who's considered a dangerous man by some international observers in and domestic uh, that's because he is a nationalist and they say that in the times of these uh, mass violence against Muslims I forget in which state that he didn't didn't care he didn't say much about it that he wasn't against it some people say that he doesn't yeah he's sort of in favor of violence but that's all s- sort of being deduced from silence Um The fact is he's for the BJP and it's an interesting time for a BJP um, candidate to rise because the Congress party has been in power with Mr. Singh for some time now. What do we got? I think eight years maybe. And as usual, as happens with leaders that are in power for a long time, people are annoyed and they look to the old party that used to be in power that they were annoyed at eight years ago or however many years ago. So Gandhi, who is a very popular Candidate from a very popular family comes at a time where his party is actually, people are kind of sick of it, Um, which is probably why they got him. Because, well, if you're in trouble, you know, find a, a star and maybe people will forget. That your party has been in power for a while and so forth. So it's um, I don't know who's favored at this point because they both have strong some of the strong points that I just laid out going for them. But the campaign has started and I'm I'm watching it in the press and it is uh, interesting. I've seen three issues uh, labeled as big issues. One of them we actually talked about here. I had no idea that it could be so important. The Talagana state that's the new state that they are making or they have made actually. In India. Apparently, it's a big issue in this upcoming election. Um, there's also inflation, of course, and this I heard a lot about in Dubai, uh, as the rupee is uh, getting weaker and weaker and has less and less buying power. That's what taxi drivers would tell me about, uh, about back in India. And the last issue is related, the slowing economy. Apparently, uh, industrial production is slowing down. Uh, something's up in India with the economy and it's uh, a big change to the booming economy of, of 10 years ago. So the election starts, uh, I mean, the campaign has started and of course we still have two months to go, but I I, want to have occasional stories about it. And I wanted to start by laying out the two main uh, candidates.
0: Okay, so we are ready for more election coverage in <laughs> the future. Uh, one of our strongholds here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I wanted to mention, like, Rahul Gandhi, I'm amazed by this family, as you can tell. And his, so let's see, his grandmother was Indira Gandhi, who was assassinated. She was very long running president of India, very important. Yeah. His father, uh, uh, what is it? Was it Rajiv? Rajiv? He was also assassinated. And he had barely risen uh, to the heights of his of his grandmother. So this guy, as a child, he actually was was educated out of the country under fake names uh, because he was at such risk for being assassinated. He was his whole family is a target. Uh, so he's had an interesting life, and I thought he was a guy that because of what's happened with his family, that he would stay out of uh, this this limelight, you know, presidential limelight. And I sometimes wonder, as I read the articles, if he even wants this really, or if the family said to him, "We need you." You know, we absolutely need you. His mother said, "We need you." So uh, this is sort of an, to me, ah, um, oh, an interesting candidate on on many levels, uh, including this life level. Like, what an what an odd life, what a difficult life in many ways, for a wealthy guy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, the Gandhis seem to be doomed to always stretch for the high goal of becoming prime minister and somehow, you know. But there's no yeah. relationship to the classic Gandhi.
1: Um, No, no. But there is to Nehru, who was the founder or the first president of the country. Oh. But uh, not that I know of. I hope I'm not getting that wrong.
0: So many Gandhis. That's true. We're losing track of all the Gandhis here.
1: We need a Gandhi map.
0: Yes, Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Uh, So keep an eye out. And so that actually leads me to um, my news source of the the week. They've been making headlines in a lot of newspapers, for better or for worse. It's called the 545. And 545 is actually the amount of candidates. No, let me see. Representatives in the Indian Parliament. Something along those those lines. And the 545 is this new style of web reporting. A website. A one issue website or similar to Syria Deeply, which focuses on the conflict in Syria and all the reports, lots of different articles, lots of multimedia features uh, on those topics, on that topic. The 545 is all about the Indian elections, and a lot of people are pointing to it and keeping an eye on it as. A new, you know, breath of fresh air in in reporting. At this point, it only has five articles, so it's a pretty young news source to add. But uh, uh, the style is interesting. It's very informative. If you look now, you'll see the eleven things that you need to know, the Telangana timeline. So you can really learn in one sitting how this new province came to be a state actually and and why and what's the controversy you'll also read about the two candidates as they're now on the campaign trail um a little history they they really mix it up um but it's definitely one issue focused and that issue is the indian elections um, and they use uh, yeah interactivity a bit
0: yeah, they do, and that's that's really one of the most um, interesting things happening, I think, in the interactive uh, digital news world. And uh, that's really something where I think is a huge opportunity for journalists to, you know, sort of survive the changes. We've been listening yeah. to so many journalists complaining, you know, the old times going away, and it's it's at this point already boring to to listen to them anymore. Um, yeah. What I found much more interesting is new project like this uh, are other examples that are not only into this single focus thing. You know, you mentioned Syria deeply. I think we haven't really talked about it. Maybe there will be a time to, you know, look this uh, up once more. So, yeah. like like single issue, very, very vertical, but then capable of putting things into perspective that would otherwise just go unnoticed you know we're always Mm -hmm. complaining about like oh yeah the media isn't paying attention to this isn't paying attention to this because they are all sort of looking for mass reflection and trying to you know cover everything and you know oh you know people come to us they expect us to say something about it and that's that's what they do so, they have something on everything, but <laughs> nothing is really as deep as you like it. So, once you're more interested, there's no way to, to dive into this. And I think these kinds of single-issue uh, news magazines, which are, no surprise, digital only, you know, they have much more chances of focusing and they have much more um, capability also on narrowing down on the real issues because once you leave this, oh, we have to cover everything, um Mantra, then you can really go down and sort out the details and make connections that you would otherwise not have, and that might you know might be a way of both addressing your readers or listeners totally different because you're sort of providing a service that can't be found anywhere else, you know and you're probably if you're doing it well getting closer to the root of the problems. It's not like, oh yeah, there was a terrorist attack in Lebanon and somebody died. You know, who learns anything from this except for the mere mentioning of, oh, there might be problems. Problems you have everywhere. But if you're really, uh, if you would come out with some kind of magazine that would totally focus on this situation in Lebanon, uh, they could connect more dots and, and and paint a picture that that might be interesting and provide real insight that then again feeds new politicians or other campaigners with the right background to 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 make actually good decisions yeah i I'm, I'm an optimist in, in in that sense, but you know that's uh, the way it is. But we've seen this with podcasts mm-hmm. uh, also going for narrower audiences. And having success with it because they can also connect to listeners much more. And I think the same could be true for these online magazines. And in addition, they might also focus more, might, you know, right, right. Uh, both on their archives. I think things like interactive timelines are there interest- uh, interesting because it makes the journalists uh, themselves more interested into their own old stuff because the old mm-hmm. stuff... Is more than just old. It, you know, it's a reference. It's it's a data point in in uh, in the whole uh, uh, news database, and and it, it doesn't really lose um, the value. It doesn't age uh, so fast. it's it still matters. It provides context for current news, and readers can actually. Get into this context and and read new things out of this, you know. And we always have the problem that the news media and the the, the public in general, you just forgets about history. It's like it keeps repeating and repeating and same uh, mistakes being done all over again because there's no easy way to get back. Um, a few weeks ago, I installed a uh, a plugin into my WordPress site, you know, that just checks for broken links. It was amazing how many of the news stories that we have been linking to, you know, (laughs) were just falling out of scope because they moved either to new URLs and were not properly forwarded, you know, or were just deleted altogether, where I had to switch over to archive.org to present a cache of an old version if there was one. And um, yeah, there's some hope in me that this might be uh, a new approach. It's also opening itself up to data journalism. You know, mm-hmm. where much more programmers are also a part of this research process, and they're looking at actual uh, numbers and, and representable uh, data that that provides extra context, or sometimes is even the the path to to new conclusions.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Data journalism—that is, yeah, a rising thing. Uh, I wanted to mention the—I um, didn't see anything about money. I guess they haven't figured that quite out yet. But um, the people running the 545 are Indian students. In fact, most of them in New York, uh, and they were inspired by a website during the last American election, which was called the 538, which is the number of seats in, uh, oh, I don't know, U.S. Congress or Senate, one of those, and that that made big news because that was where Nate Silver was writing, and he was predicting what was going to happen in the U.S. elections based on stats, data that was available, and making mm-hmm. it all. Visible.
0: And he made numbers attractive in domain names.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now go reserve <laughs> however number of people are in your local city council.
0: Yeah, it's interesting if you look at the top category list. Of the 454 four, uh, website, you know, there's an about us, there's write for us, you know, like you're invited. And then there's lists, and then there's data stories. <laughs> These yeah. are like the um, main categories you can dive into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's a link to Facebook and Twitter, and that's it. You know, yeah. no political context here, no, you know, no topics no. In, in such. It's like the. The art of reporting gets top priority. Is the the primary category how you dive into this? So I think they are prepared of uh, accumulating value over time just by constantly updating their stuff. We'll see. Yeah, check them pe- out
1: at the five forty-five. That's spelled out those words. dot com. We'll include a link. And I'm expecting a lot more, especially as we have still uh, a little over two months to go. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting two months, I think, especially on the 5.45. And I think that does it for this week's harvest of news. Which, it does. Yes. We have picked all the fruits that are available this week. Well, some of them. Yeah, The we've, other ones we leave on the tree.
0: We've been sweeping the stories and we have been polishing the ground <laughs> <laughs> for you to yes. make an easy slide into the world of news.
1: Very nice. Then we stand around discussing it <laughs> with the microphone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it really
1: is like curling. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go watch curling. Yeah, and, uh, me
0: too. Provide me a link.
1: And we will see you all next week for more news of the world. Goodbye. Bye.